Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to our seminar this afternoon. My name is Michael Orlich, and I am a researcher with Adventist Health Studies, a research fellow, and I also work at Loma Linda in the Preventive Medicine Department, directing the Preventive Medicine Residency there. And they asked us to do a presentation from the Adventist Health Study. Um, the theme of the overall conference here is testimony, and they thought that Adventist Health Study provided sort of a global testimony for Adventism in some way. And so we'll explore that concept a little bit together. Uh, mainly, my main objectives are to give you an overview and an update of the study so that you understand it well. These are the objectives. This is a CME seminar, so if you're signed up for that, make sure you sign in today and also do your evaluation form after. That would be appreciated. Um, but the objective is to look a little bit at the history of Adventist health studies, as there have been several over a considerable period of time to discuss some of the key findings of the earlier studies, as well as some recent findings of the current study, Adventist Health Study 2, and to describe some of the immediate future goals and expectations for the current study. And then to ask together some important questions about what is the meaning of Adventist Health Study to Seventh-day Adventists and to the world, and in what way is it a testimony? I won't provide those answers, but I'll raise some of the questions. A little bit of an overview, looking back at the history of the study. This is actually the third major Adventist health study, if you will, although we call it Adventist Health Study Two. Research on Seventh-day Adventists and health uh, goes uh, back a, a ways to, um, to the, the first dean of the School of Public Health, uh, uh, Dr. Harding, and uh, he did a doctorate in public health at Harvard and then did studies, nutritional studies of Seventh-day Adventist vegetarians. And back at that time, people were most concerned about the nutritional adequacy of a vegetarian diet, and his studies were along those lines. The 50s, in the 50s, was the first Adventist health study that we referred to as Adventist mortality study. It's designated AMS here, and it was among California Seventh-day Adventists. And then in the 70s, there was a a follow-up study of about 35,000 California Seventh-day Adventists, all white or Caucasian, and we're still following uh, many of those subjects today. Out of that study, there's also a sub-study that we call the AWSMOG study, and it's looking at the effects of air pollution, or smog, in those study subjects that live in Southern California. And then more recently, starting in 2002 to 2007, we enrolled nearly 100,000 Seventh-day Adventists across North America, so a much wider population, United States and Canada, that is, uh, with more ethnic diversity, with a substantial 
percentage of African Americans as well as Caucasians and smaller numbers of other racial and ethnic groups, and with greater power overall because of the larger numbers. So studies among Seventh-day Adventists have been recognized by study funders at the National Institutes of Health as being important in a number of ways. There are certain advantages and of course disadvantages to studies among Adventists like there would be in any other group. Uh, among Adventists, one of the helpful things is, is there's both homogeneity that's helpful as well as heterogeneity that's helpful. Homogeneity is in regards to certain lifestyle characteristics like the use of tobacco and alcohol. Uh, those are the, the two that you could point to most easily where there's very little use of these substances in the population. And so if you're stud studying other endpoints and you're worried about those as potential confounders, the low prevalence of those in the population is helpful. Similarly, if you're worried about potential unmeasured confounders that could, could confuse the findings of your, your um, variable of interest, the fact that there's a lot shared by this population means that there may be less variability in some of those unmeasured confounders, potentially. And at the same time, there's quite a bit of heterogeneity, particularly, particularly in terms of diet. And that's the main, um, the main thing that we're studying is the effects of diet in Adventist health studies. It, particularly when it comes to the range of vegetarian spectrum, the use of meat, the use of animal products, and sort of by implication, the use of a variety of, of other plant foods, there's much greater range of intakes going from zero up to very high intakes compared to an average population like, say, the nurse's health study or something like that. So the Adventist Morse mortality study started back in the 50s, as I said, and it was at the same time as a larger American Cancer Society study, and it allowed mortality comparisons between these two groups. And th this was one of the first things that pointed to a longevity advantage among Adventists. These are a brief summary of some of the results, a lower risk of coronary heart disease among vegetarian Adventists compared to non-vegetarian Adventists. Also, there was a mortality association with eggs and a negative association with green salads. Compared to other Californians, uh, this is comparing to that American Cancer Society study, Adventists experienced uh, lower rates of death for all cancers lung cancer, colorectal cancer, breast cancer, and coronary heart disease. And these initial results served as impetus for some of the later funding of additional studies. You say, well, these folks are living longer and having a reduced risk of certain diseases, so why is that? It's great to know that that's true, um, but why? Are there certain factors in their lifestyle that everybody could benefit from? So the first Adventist Health Study or Adventist Health Study 1, the enrollment was in the 70s. As I say, funding lasted until 1988 in one form or another. Um, 
initially by the Cancer Institute and then Heart, Lung, Blood and then Aging, all part of the National Institutes of Health. These were some uh, key findings from Adventist Health Study 1. Vegetarians had a lower risk of obesity, hypertension, diabetes, and death from all causes compared to non-vegetarian Seventh-day Adventists. In men, the risk of fatal heart disease was significantly related to beef intake. Regular nut and whole grain consumption were associated with a lower risk of coronary heart disease. The nut finding uh, was a surprising one at the time and has since been verified in a number of other large cohort studies and certainly could be pointed to as a, a, a key contribution of Adventist Health Study 1. Uh, the risk of colon cancer was increased by 88% in non-vegetarians compared to vegetarian Adventists, uh, with legumes having a protective effect. And uh, Adventist Health Study 1, they saw adverse effect for colon cancer risk both for red meat and white meat. The white meat is not uh, well established in other studies, whereas red meat is. And on Adventists, Adventist, on average, excuse me, Adventist men live 7.3 years longer and women 4.4 years longer than other Californians. Um, and then a uh, reduction in prostate cancer risk with tomato consumption. These are some key findings from Adventist Health Study 1. The OSMOG study, as I said, was a subsegment of the Adventist Health Study 1 population, those living in Southern California where ambient air pollution levels could be measured. And because it's a uh, mostly non-smoking population, when, when you're looking at the effects of smog or air pollution on the risk of, say, lung cancer, the effect is probably rather small, and it's hard to detect small effects uh, and have them be statistically significant and not overwhelmed by some confounding factor. And when you have a very strong potential confounder like smoking, it's a hopeless cause. And so that that's one of the reasons why this population was good for that. And this research is still ongoing. It's very hard research to do, actually. Then the more recent Adventist Health Study 2, starting in 2002, and perhaps just a show of hands, how many of you are enrolled as study subjects in the Adventist Health Study 2? Thank you very much. Thank you, it couldn't be done without you. How many, may I say, were enrolled in Adventist Health Study 1? Anybody? All right, Dr. Crick. <laughs> A special thank you to you. They were shooting. <laughs> shame, shame. They were, sh they were shooting for over 100,000 Seventh-day Adventists. Initially didn't quite get there, but uh, about 96,000 is the total study subject population in the United States and Canada, with about a quarter of that being African Americans. Uh, then there's a sub-study of the Adventist Health Study 2, known as the, um, by various names, the Biopsychosocial Spiritual Adventist Health Study, or the Adventist Religion and Health Study, uh, which is comprised of about 10,000 subjects 
from Adventist Health Study 2 and looking at issues, uh, as you may guess, of psychology and spirituality and social factors on health. Very interesting study. That reminds me, I'm going to pause just for a moment and do a little bit of show and tell here, which I intended to do. Um, I brought a few things that we could pass around and you can look at. Um, I just want to get them back at the end. This is the, for those who haven't enrolled, that's the questionnaire for Adventist Health Study 2. And this is the questionnaire for the Religion and Health Study, so you can get an idea of what some of the questions are that were asked. And since this is a professional audience, um, a couple of other resources I thought you might be interested in. If you really want, there's very little that we can go over in one hour, and I'm not up on every facet of the Adventist Health Studies. Um, Dr. Fraser, by the way, is out of the country right now, so he couldn't be here, but he would have loved to. But uh, Dr. Fraser wrote a book published by Oxford University Press, and this would summarize everything, you know, sort of about before year 2000 from the previous studies. And one other book that's certainly worthwhile on the topic of vegetarian nutrition is that of Dr. Uh, Juan Sabate. He's the, one of the co-investigators of the Adventist Health Study and also the uh, director of the nutrition department in the School of Public Health. And this is his book, Vegetarian Nutrition. Another resource that I would point you to, which I'll have a slide on later, is our website. Um, which is simply www.adventisthealthstudy.org. And for example, you can find links to all of the published articles, as well as media releases and videos and old newsletters and the questionnaires. So you can pretty much learn almost everything you need to about Adventist Health Study and the research just by going to our website, which has been newly redesigned and is a lot better than it was a couple of years ago. And I might also say, for those of you who are particularly interested in this topic of diet and health and vegetarian diets and their impact on the risk of disease and on longevity, um, there's a very good conference that's done only every five years uh, at Loma Linda University that's coming up this February. And it's the International Vegetarian Nutrition Congress. And it's really very good. Um, so you could take a look for that through the School of Public Health website at Loma Linda University or just Googling that. Um, it's in February. I don't recall the dates, but I know it's the week before the American College of Preventive Medicine. Um, but uh, take a look at that. That's, that's a great learning opportunity. We'll have uh, cutting edge uh, research, so to speak, from uh, leading scientists who are studying nutrition and health, specifically vegetarian diets. Okay, yes? It's uh, February 24th through that week. Okay. The 24th or December. Starting the 24th. Okay. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Okay, so I thought I'd pass those around so you could get to see those while I'm talking. Um, we mentioned some of the key findings of Adventist Health Study 1. I'll just uh, look at a couple of things. Uh, first of all, we have these survival curves. C 
comparing the Adventist Health Study population of Adventist Health Study 1 to the California population. And I'm sure you're familiar with the survival curve concept, where you start with everybody living and then end up with not many living. Um, and these are, this is by age. And you can see there's a pretty consistent gap there from over a wide range, 45 years up to 95 to 100 years. There's a persistent difference in the curve for the Adventists in this study population compared to the <coughs> general California population with the Adventists living longer. So you want to be higher up on the, the page. Um, and this is for Adventist women, I should say. <coughs> this is a similar curve for men. And you see the gap is a little bit greater. And it seems in, in many of the findings, particularly in terms of mortality and longevity, that there is an extra advantage for men. Um, Dr. Fraser and colleagues did a paper where they sought to look at a number of factors that might be contributing to this mortality advantage that might work together to have benefit. And this is for women. Uh, these were some of the factors that they identified that together would have a cumulative advantage. Um, so. This would be the life expectancy, if you will, with all of these categories of variables set to a medium risk. So this would be sort of average. And um, then this is the um, difference between high and low, and this is cumulative. Um, so if you did all of these factors if you were low risk in all of these factors, all of these categories, you would end up with this kind of a spread in terms of your longevity risk, um, which is about 10 years, if you see, uh, from 89 to 79, having none of the factors advantageous versus all of the factors advantageous. And so about 10 years. Question? Um, in this study, I do believe uh, that the HRT, hormone replacement therapy, was, um, was a, identified as a beneficial factor among women. So difference of 10 years total there, um, 89 to 79, not caused by hormone replacement therapy. This is a cumulative effect if you're adding all of these beneficial. So you say, okay, you, you go start at the left and you work your way to the right and say, okay, now if I'm just vegetarian versus non-vegetarian, I get this much risk. Now if I'm vegetarian and I exercise versus non-vegetarian and I don't exercise, this much difference. And that's how it goes. That's probably true. Um, and of course it matters what direction you put them in. Um, because uh, if you flip the order around, you know, their relative importance uh, may change. Yeah. By vegetarian, this is just looking, I believe, at vegetarian versus non-vegetarian. There was little power in Adventist Health Study 1 to look at 
a total vegetarian or vegan diet because uh, the numbers were very small. It's all vegetarians. All vegetarians, yeah. Um, this is the same for men. And um, the men, as you see, the life expectancy is lower than women uh, by a couple of years. But you see the same kind of spread developing. And so this is an estimate um, of the percent of the population uh, among the Adventists um, who lost a certain number of years based on this schema. And so almost everybody lost at least one year of life that they could have had statistically um, by having something wrong in their, their risk profile. Um, but very few people had everything wrong. So that, that was an interesting model. Um, These are uh, Adventist Health Study 1 cancer findings um, summarized. Um, we can't spend much time on this, and I don't know all of the details myself, but I'll point out a couple of key things. Um, the current study, the specific aims are to look at cancer risk, vegetarian diets and cancer risk, or diet and cancer risk. Um, we'll have a lot more power eventually with the current study. Um, the power is limited in the first study, and so um, we can get an idea on the major cancers. Um, you see there wasn't much of a finding for breast cancer when looking at uh, diet and those sorts of things in Adventist Health Study 1. Um, there were more interesting findings for both colon cancer and uh, prostate cancer in men. Um, and for colon cancer, there was reduced risk with uh, fiber intake, um, with legumes, an increased risk with meat, and this was both um, red meat and white meat in the Adventist Health Study 1. Um, those are the, the, the key findings there, and those are the ones that I would actually put the most confidence in going forward. Um, this slide is really just to say that when you start looking at uh, rarer cancers, and lung cancer is of course a common cancer in the general population, but rare in this population, when you start looking at rarer cancers, the numbers were so small that I would hesitate to draw any conclusions. These findings would be more of hypothesis generating, if anything. Um, I just want to make the point that Adventist Health Study 1 continues to result in publications and continues to add to the general knowledge about diet, lifestyle, and health. For example, uh, there were recent publications looking at body weight and longevity over the long term and at old ages as well. And so uh, some graphs from this recent uh, research by Dr. Pramil Singh. Um, 